All right. Hey, folks, welcome to episode 68 of uh, Biomass. We've got uh, random cats running underfoot during the show. This is, this should be pretty awesome. At this point, I'm about to unleash my dog to devour the cat that is desperately attempting to pester us. Uh, that being said, but we, we really do welcome you guys on to episode 68. So uh, for the first time in a little bit, we've actually had some news and shit. And so... Uh, a couple things going on. Obviously, the CPM elections closed, and we do have our new CPM2 elects that, uh, and we can talk a little bit about that. And I think uh, Sriazel will be interested to uh, give us a little bit of uh, background on how some of the things inside the election work, of which I think we're all very interesting to hear where these quote unquote 4,000 votes and shit were coming from. Yo, CCP Lilu. So that would be one. Uh, and then obviously, there's there's been some technical difficulties uh, in in dust here recently in terms of getting into matches, which I think we're going to address as well. And then on the Eve side, which kind of touches the greater New Eden, you know, sort of background that we all kind of operate in, at least in game, uh, there's been some pretty significant news in the storyline in Eve. Um, there's a, you know, there's probably a minor clamoring to get, to get some dust action involved in that. And we can talk a little bit about that later. So, uh, other than that, guys, what we're going to do is go ahead and start with our normal format of intros, and then we're going to have the I used to be in the CPM update, uh, followed by uh, kind of that little agenda line that we gave out. So without further ado, folks, let's go ahead and get started. And in honor of uh, the fact that he's no longer going to be on the CPM, we're going to lead off with Sarizel. Yeah, I'm uh, Sarizel. I'm a uh, member of the uh, co-host here on the podcast and a uh, editor on uh, the blog, and I used to be in the CPM. Sweet. All right. Now, from that, we're going to go take it from the top. So, Bait? Hey, I'm Abu Bait. I'm a member of the uh, Incorruptibles Corporation on Dust514 and an editor for the Biomass blog. Uh, Bait, do you, you swap corpse then, huh? I did swap corpse. Remind, it, remind us to interrogate you about that later. Um, oh, Absolutely. Okie dokie, and beginning of the list, Pokey Draven. Uh, hey, I'm Pokey Draven from OSG Planetary Operations, and I used to be running for CPM too. <laughs> Outstanding. Catmurt. Uh, wow. That says a lot, folks. That's powerful coming from you. Uh, Cross. I'm Cross, a member of OSG Planetary Operations, and just crazy enough to have gotten myself onto CPM too. Yep. You picked the wrong week to start sniffing glue. Uh, okay, Heracles Porsche. Uh, hey, what's up, everybody? This is Heracles Porsche here. Uh, I got a YouTube channel. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a member of Random Guns, and I would never run for CPM. Never. Well said. And I am Jason Larson. I'm one of the co-hosts here, and uh, one of the uh, background purveyors of the Biomass.com website, of which. Really, the driving force behind that is really Pokey and Bait and Zell, and they, uh, they continue to do a lot of great work on that website. Uh, so without further ado, let's go ahead and get into the I Used to Be in the CPM Update by Sarai Zell. Okay, so um, the, the big thing, of course, is um, we're, and I'll get into the election details a bit more, um, but uh, so the new CPM, too, are busy you know, getting their uh, non-disclosure agreements off to Iceland um, before we can tell them all of our... Um, you know, deepest, darkest secrets, or, or more accurately, CCP's deepest, darkest secrets, but, um, you know, that's that's coming soon. Um, I did speak to, um, obviously there's been big matchmaking issues, and we've had not a ton of communication with Frame just getting back from vacation, Ritati is still out on vacation. Um, the, the thing I can tell you is I did talk to CCP Frame 
literally an hour ago, and I conveyed, you know, frustration, and I, I said that people are running around like we lit their hair on fire, which is probably pretty accurate. But um, so he he did say, you know, he did. There there have been posts, and of course there there has been a statement by, um, you know, there was that the testing that was done last week on the e, during the EU time zone was was you know kind of some diagnostic work to try and figure out what issues were. Um, there is nothing new to, to communicate, but as soon as he has something, he will share it. Um, and that's that's really all that I have on the matchmaking issue. Um, do, should Did I just you, go you, right into the not, CPM2 election stuff? I had one quick question about matchmaking. Did, I figured you would. Uh, no, I, I, I'm trying to decipher what you said, which was basically there's somebody at least answered the phone and in the background you heard Jackson screaming and people screaming dive dive and and then yeah we're aware of it all as well yeah no problem here that's kind of what it sounded like you said is that accurate no isn't that just business as usual yeah pretty much say, the big news is he actually got somebody to respond about the issue good job Zell. correct as i said they 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 obviously they've stated already that they know it's an issue and but they don't have anything they can share right now. Okie dokie. All right, this should be interesting. So I guess my question is, at what point, like, there's really nothing to communicate and do, but, like, when do you think we're at, like, sort of DEFCON 5? Like, we go, like, five, six straight weeks with this, kind of, in the current state with no improvement? I don't know. Has it been that long? I know it's been a few weeks, but I, I don't know if that's five or six. We're about two and a half or three right now. Yeah, two, two, we, yeah, we first talked about it on the show two episodes ago, two weeks ago. But I think so. It was the moment Rotati left. Yes, that's that's pretty much the what I'm fucking hamsters died. Apparently, he's only got the key to the to the fucking place where he can put the pellets in there for them to eat. So there is a button in Rotati's office that needs to be pressed daily, and and nobody else at CCP can do it. Only Rotati. <laughs> that, that really doesn't surprise me. All right, so now that we've semi-derailed uh, Gel's uh, update, uh, so please, I'm sorry, go ahead. I bet I, I just had to ask because uh, I, I can't imagine that there's uh, th- that there's not serious concern in Shanghai over it. I, I guarantee they're probably looking probably looking into it. And yeah, this hopefully is, this is a, something out. You know, this is a serious issue for them, obviously, um, and. Uh, you know, work's being done. You know, Ritati being out of the office doesn't actually mean nothing is getting done here. Um, you know, he's he's not the person writing the code. <laughs> um, so, uh, but uh, moving on. So we have a CPM two. Um, the uh, people that were elected were uh, Kevin Longstrider, also known as Denny Fleetfoot, Zarya Mindir, Darth Carbonite GIO, Crossa Two, Animati, Sergeant Kirk, and Breaking Stuff. Um, and the the interesting thing here. Um, so just just my side note, toot my own horn. I got five out of the seven people I said should be on the CPM, but on my downside, I failed to uh, elect the first person on my list, um, which uh, is of course uh, our own Pokey Draven. And uh, this was this was the the hardest hit that I took when when actually reading this list. Um, so um, according to initial votes, he was like the he got the uh, ninth most first choice votes and after all of the elimination rounds and such he was i think the third to last person to be eliminated from the group um so that made me sad um 
Pokey deserves way more attention than he got, and I I, I think a lot of people have noticed that uh, you know something went seriously wrong for him to get missed here. Um, but uh, so so one of the interesting things was that uh, the number of the top seven people who had first choice, the top seven f- um, who got votes based on people's first choices were the exact same top seven who actually won. So in the case of this election, um, at least this initial election, um, none, none of the additional votes on the ballot technically mattered. Um, however, where that will matter is if anyone resigns or anyone um, is removed, because when they replace someone, they rerun the ballot without their name, and so a lot of second choices fill in there. And it, it um, to give you an example, if uh, Cross was to somehow be like, you know what, I'm sick, I, I just can't put up with these people anymore, I'm done, I would assume that he, probably enough of his votes would probably roll over to Pokey, that he might be the replacement person, representing the same sort of crowd that that he that cross represented um and i think i think uh if say animati resigned or got removed i think it was actually like victor hada jr who would jump all the way up to um being placed in as his replacement i still don't understand how that works so when when you uh, choose you your only vote the only vote that you cast that counts is the first one that's needed and usually that's going to be your first vote, but after things are eliminated, after, you know, people are eliminated, if your first choice is eliminated, then your, your vote counts for your second choice, and so on. Um, so if, if your first choice is removed, then your vote is going to count for your second choice instead of your first choice. Um, and so in that way, if someone gets removed from the council, they're very likely to be replaced by someone who had very similar voters, people who, you know, that per- the second choice of a lot of people who voted that person. So the fact that the eighth and the ninth choice for first initial votes were uh, Sir Manboy um, and Pokey, but whether or not they wouldn't, it wouldn't be the eighth and the ninth that would necessarily fill in if something happened. It would be a recalculation of, of the votes without the person that was removed. Does that make sense? Yeah, pretty much. I Even mean, that's it, a, it's a good description of it. It's it's interesting when you look at the TV thing, just how it sort of breaks out. Um, I was sitting there kind of thinking through it, and if they did almost uh, kind of a win place show kind of thing, if you, it, it's interesting if you apply different voting metrics, how all of this changes dramatically. So, so uh, win place show is normally like your first place uh, person on your vet ballot gets like you know, seven points, second place gets six and so forth. Um, and how those numbers would run. Cause that, that actually makes your middle and that makes your middle and your end of your ballot ballot more important. Uh, that being said, this is the system we have. It's, it was, it was interesting. Now I, I would be remiss if I did not ask the question. So where's them 4,000 votes? Like yes. how did that work out? Okay. I, so I think, I think that was, pretty much a blatant snow job by CCP uh, attempting to drum up interest during the election. So, yeah, so there was there was definitely a, a very clear miscommunication there. Um, the total number of ballots filed was 910 ballots, which is a 27 ballots less than last year, um, which I do want to note was actually to me was really good. I was expecting five or 600 votes at best or ballots at best. 
Um, so the fact that we pulled as many as we did the previous year, um, I was pretty happy with that personally. I think that that shows the game is still, you know, there are still a lot of people invested in the game and interested in seeing what the results are. Um, so, so there's at least 900 people invested in it tracking. So, yeah. but my, um, I, I think more than my point is, what was, there was a discussion so, about that the 4,000 were individual PSNs. So that, that, first of all, that number was, was never officially officially stated as far as I know. Um, well, it just, I, I, it tended to get said. I have a tweet. I um, have a public tweet from CCP Lulu that said they broke the 2000 mark. Yeah. So, okay. And then we asked so for I didn't clarification. Follow, yeah. I didn't follow mm -hmm. which numbers did or did not get tweeted by Lulu specifically. Um, but basically what, when they, when she was saying the number of votes, that means the number of people selected by voters, AKA if you submitted a vote, a ballot with only one person on it, that's one vote. And if you submitted a full ballot, that was seven votes. And what I will say is that when we saw the number, we specifically asked for clarification on that, and we were pretty sure we had it, that that was referring to ballots, not individual people selected on ballots. So there was... Which is how they report numbers all the time when they do the Eve CSM elections, right? I no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, Who the hell I, I was. Cares about? I mean, it it was. I, I was annoyed um, because again, I I was really excited about the numbers that I thought we had been, you know, informed of. Um, we don't, you know, we don't have like a, a a long time working relationship with CCP Lulu. It's really temporary, you know, because she's she's just here to run the election. Um, so yeah, I I, I wish we we had been um, gotten better clarification on that and and i certainly think that uh the way that was count that that ended up getting communicated was dece you know deceptive um and that's that's really the best i can say about that <laughs> like who the hell cares that four thousand people were selected you know seven times or whatever the fuck it is i mean really ccp are you trying to make us feel better i mean we feel bad enough as it is yeah Can't i play mean the damn game but then you're gonna make us like feel really good about oh my god four thousand people are playing this game and voting and oh no sorry there were four thousand people total selected on the ballots yeah I mean ballots are what matter please there were nine hundred and ten ballots and that's where it is um and so you know unfortunately I I wish we'd gotten to the you know the the, the more accurate communication on that earlier on in the in the process but uh, you know it is what it is and and we you know once once the the Data is public. the The actual, you know, vote data that they're that the white paper has them release is what you know, kind of confirms what actually did happen. Um, and that, that's that's really all I've got there. Um, the other, there were a couple other random pieces of trivia I picked up from the examining the voter data. And uh, one of those is that there was there was because uh, there was a lot of discussion about whether or not there would be a lot of foreign players who would have gotten on and voted, and if we might have suddenly seen. A ton of uh, you know foreign candidates spiking up you know on notes. I will say that um, there was the tenth choice for first place votes. Um, for first choice votes was a character called Bonita Amor, who is I guess very active in the Spanish community, but doesn't uh, doesn't really form much. And during some of the elimination rounds, Bonita actually did end up above breaking stuff briefly, um, but uh, you know so. Came pretty close to getting getting on the on on the CPM, uh, but did not. I do know sh that they do speak English, and they they did answer on the forums when people were asking like, "Who was this person?" 
And so, you know, um, a few different people had pitched in and said, well, you know, you really should, you know, introduce yourself next year um, if you try it again. a lot like another Sir Manboy. It has a lot of in-game roots and whatnot, but not so much of a forum presence. I was actually in one of my channels, so I've squatted with her a number of times over the past however long. Um, and then... Is, wait, sorry, so I didn't mean to interrupt. It is wait, a little wait. unfortunate that, you know... Spanish community is not like better represented because they're clearly, you know, going to become a big part of Dust. Well, they really are already are a big part of Dust, but you know, they should yeah. just get rep more representation. I think whatever. And the, and the Japanese community too, uh, I think, presence uh, in Dust. Uh, the Japanese players are, but not having a lot of representation. And I hope to see that um, not fixed. Uh, that's not the right word, but. I don't know. Maybe some more Japanese or Asian players will uh, will stand up and you know take responsibility for for their people, if you will, in the future. It does seem like the Japanese, or you know, it does seem like it's gotten smaller recently. I, I'm not sure about that. Well, I am am mildly surprised that we didn't get a you know like a South American or a Brazilian candidate on. Uh, in, in all honesty, I, I was relatively confident we would get one of those and i, w I would say that the the old school japanese uh, kind of hardcore community and dust is not nearly as big as i think people think it is it, it, a lot of them have gone have migrated and if you think about it like it sort of makes sense but probably quite a few of those folks migrate to ps4 maybe even sooner than folks in north america or europe do Actually, on that front, it's going to be the opposite. I have some friends that are Brazilian and um, like Chilean, and due to the way that international trade works, prices there are drastically higher for a lot of things. So most of their playing population is only recently getting an uptake on PS3s just due to cost metrics. And that's part of why we saw an uptake on game population numbers from that region. It's all down to international trade. Yeah, no, I, I got you, man. Like I said, I, I it's, I, I think overall, I'm a little, I'm a little bit surprised we didn't get like a, a little bit more international flavor to TPM. But you know, we we got we got some folks selected, and we'll see how it goes. And um, the, Zill, the 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 other, ahead. yeah, just the last little popcorn trivia is that uh, it looks like despite Cross's best attempts to convince everyone that they need to fill out their ballot. Like forty-one people voted just for Cross, so Cross is this year's judge without the you know likelihood of you know flaming out horrifically halfway through there. Well, I, I is... promise to avoid meth binges and temper tantrums. Well, at least we get we, at <laughs> least we get we get pokey potentially if if that happens. But you know, <laughs> don't um, tempt me. Oh no, you can't get rid of Cross. He's better at it than I would be. I know we we. We, we we love cross. Was there was there was there a comment about uh, did did I, I did I see in the Skype channel something about uh, have, have you guys decided amongst yourselves on on positions? Um, not fully. I, I was informed cross by the by the bulk of my fellow council members that I am now chairman. I'm still not entirely clear what that means in this context, but I, I was in no uncertain terms informed that that's what was going to happen, and I didn't get a vote. You don't need a vote. You, it just it just is. Um, okay, I'm fine with that. In other CPM2 news, we're going to continue the tradition from CPM1 of making Pokey do most of the hard work, even though he doesn't have an NDA. And, um, you know, 
give him his CPM emeritus status for CPM2. I'm already rummaging through a dynamic spreadsheet that he's built for CPM2, and we're not even to the point where all CPM members have their NDAs signed yet. So that that lovely tradition will continue throughout the next term, I'm glad to say. People in the well, same just, hemisphere have their NDAs, but yeah. Well, I mean, it's just spreadsheets can believe in. That's that's what really matters. Okay, spreadsheets can believe in. <laughs> yeah. CPM confirmed. Yeah, there's something Harsh. to that, I think. <laughs> so, um, I, I guess before we move on, uh, any thoughts on the folks that got elected, like General General Feel, or any any surprises, or everybody pretty cool with the the group that got pulled in? I'm pretty happy with most of them. Good deal. All right. Is there has anybody gone on that you were surprised about? Yeah, Sergeant Kirk. Yeah, I was gonna say Sergeant Kirk. Not, I'm not. I have no feelings one way or the other, but I was surprised to see him get on. Yeah, that that hit me out of nowhere. I I was reading the thing and I thought Sergeant Kirk, and I I'd forgotten that he was that he was running, but very very surprised to see him. Roots in the faction war community, baby. Does good. They're organized. The hero of the Federation. Yeah, I mean, it was, Federation. Um, you know, Anne and, and Sergeant Kirk were the two people that weren't on my list, but I, I think that they'll, they'll both do fine. Um, I've, you know, already talked to them um, some as, as we've started to, uh, you know, get communication lines running between the, you know, old council and the new council. And, and I, I'm pretty happy with where things are, and I think I'm optimistic. Everybody is usually a week after an election. And then it all goes down to shit from there. See, I have the inverse response. The first week of last term and of this one is where I'm like looking around at things going, okay, well, maybe, and like sort of chill out as as time goes on. Well, I think, you know, the personality mix is interesting, if nothing else. Um, I I, I think we'd probably start a betting pool on when we're going to have the first, uh, you know, no holds barred cage match uh, amongst the CPM. So, yeah, me. the whole uh, physical summit notion becomes a lot more interesting this time around. I, I firmly believe that That's you can you can absolutely make people a lot more cordial if you have to meet face to face, and then if you bring a like two pair of sixteen ounce boxing gloves to the meeting, people get really friendly and are all about teamwork at that point. Oh, so the well, um, see. the CPMs get free entry to. Uh, what's that big fest called? Fan, they'll fan cover fan a fan fest, fest ticket, um, but they will not. the The big thing is that they will not pay for a flight or hotel. So if if uh, CPM want to go, it's still it's a fairly expensive trip. Fairly expensive trip. Um, yeah, but they still they still got free tickets though. And 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 that comes with you know some minor perks. We we tend to get like the the extra bonus stuff, and we can go up in the press area where there's you know free food. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it's nice. It's, it's definitely worthwhile. And I hope that a lot of the CPM do make it up there this year, I, I, next year. I felt it was really, really productive for us on CPM one. Um, I, I hope cross cross you agree with me on that, right? Very productive. Yeah. Yeah. It was actually one of the more effective times I think throughout our term. I mean, that we got more done then than the rest of them, but pound per pound, for the number of days we accomplished a lot, especially considering the other things that happened within within that sphere of time. And um, I mean, I think that the lack of 
more hangovers alone is kind of an accomplishment. But that aside, there was a bunch of stuff which is mostly NDA related, unfortunately, and weirdly considering that it happened at FanFest, but that got a lot of a lot of play and a lot of positive traction, I think, and um, making more inroads for the game's future. What happens at FanFest still- stays at FanFest, unless it starts a war in EVE. Yeah. Or gets live tweeted. Um, so uh, just a quick quick glance. It's it is kind of interesting. You have three euros on, which is pretty good. So you, we at least get a a broad perspective of things, or a broader perspective of things. Um, let's see. Let's see Zaria, we know and love. Uh, she comes on the show frequently and and is a truly a really really good uh, person to engage with about many different facets of the game. Uh, let's see, Darth, who I have. She's awfully quiet in the, yeah. the podcast, though. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those things where the, you know, I think a lot of a lot of people's engagement in the podcast usually depends on who the who the rest of the folks in the room are. Um, Darth, I haven't met. A lot of people have, you know, speak very highly of him, other than Zell, and I usually discount his opinion on most things. You were here. Um, you were here when Dust when Darth was on the show, weren't you? No, I was not. That was the one I had to skip. Um, oh, okay. Well, yeah, we need to get you introduced to Darth. He's awesome. Yeah, a lot of people say he's he's a really good really good guy, and he does have at least some some fairly articulate forum posts. I, I will say that. Uh, let's see. Uh, certain I was actually uh, talking ahead, to Darth, and he actually had no idea that he got any perks from being CPM, which I thought was funny. Yeah, well, perks are perks are relative. Uh, relative, yeah. Uh, I mean, no, he didn't know that he got into FanFest for free, so that was kind of funny. Uh, but yeah, I think considering all the work that these people are going to put in for no pay. I think that at least that should be there, be an option for them. So I'm glad that he got to discover that. But yeah, Darth is, I play with Darth quite a bit and uh, he is a great all around guy and I'm sure he's de- can do an excellent job CPMing it up. I think that, I think it'll be good having, I mean, if you think about it with a small group with seven people, you really don't have any fluff. So like an Eve, you, you have basically a 14 person set and there's there's a lot more room for people to come in and out of activity, uh, whereas with seven and oh by the way in a fairly tight shot shot group game like Dust, and with the community that we have, if you have three people out of the net at any one time, that probably is a significant pull on what they're able to to assist the community with or assist CCP with. But jeez, um, oh, way to put the pressure on. No, that's okay. I mean, I mean, well, the the thing about it is, I, I am more, I was much more used to the CSM and Eve in terms of how a a game community, uh, an elect a a formally elect game community works, uh, and, and it's really one of the most one of the more unique things in gaming is how the CSM evolved in Eve. There are other games that have similar kind of things, but not, I don't think, nearly to the depth that CCD. Uh, engages the uh, the player elected body in, uh, so I, I came from from that angle first in terms of like that was my understanding of how things work was what I saw with the CSM, but uh, it, it is I would I would say call it fairly or unfairly there was definitely a perception from a lot of people at least me personally that that we had swaths of time where there was very very thin on um, uh, at least vocal or apparent representation or communication from even the CPM. 
that's not evil. It's just, I mean, that's what happens when you have seven people, one, one effectively quits, you know, slash, you, you know, taps out almost immediately. And then you have real life happen over the course of a year. Uh, there's, there's not a lot of backup in that. Um, you know, as I'm looking down the list, like I, I know Zari is in, in a very, very active layer. Um, Kevil is a very, very active bullshitter. Uh, <clears throat> playing, six playing. Hours. I knew that was coming. I, I knew you wouldn't go yeah. go through this whole segment without taking a dig. No, I, I mean, I, I mean, the guy, my, he might actually be a good dude to have a beer with, but I just, I, I absolutely don't see his value, value added, or he's not as value added as he thinks he is. Uh, Aeon is obviously an, a rabid layer, uh, and I think rabid is the word. Uh, Darth plays a lot, clearly. Uh, Cross plays a lot when he's when he's not at school or when he's not at work. And Kirk shit posts a lot. Uh, I assume he plays a lot. And then Breakin, he's pretty consistent as well. He's pretty consistent there. So if you look at all the people that we got on, generally Breakin they're pretty consistent. He does. He does. And you know, he spends a lot of time forming and all that kind of stuff. So it, it'll it'll be interesting to see how this all sort of evolves uh, over the next. You year. know what? I, I like it. I like this eclectic mix of shit disturbers and suck-ups, you know, give them the carrot and give them the stick, maybe see if that works. And you need that sometimes. You you have to be, you have to work well with CCP and you have to, it's, it's helpful to be friends with CCP when you want to make sure they listen to you, but you also have to be able to put your foot down a little bit lightly when, when, ne- when necessary um, to get stuff done. I think it's pretty easy to um, be able to make a point about something not working or there being a problem without evoking any sort of histrionics or hyperbole. I mean, I, I've definitely told both Ritati and uh, Rouge at various times that I think ideas are poor or that other ideas that aren't happening need to be emphasized. And, you know, the most recent time I did that, I got a thank you email in response from CCP Rouge. So it's not as if hostility or aggression are in any way needful to be able to say, hey, I think that this is an issue that deserves your attention and needs some polish and refinement. Dust X66 win. Well, in cat years... mm, Never. Well, the most clear-cut issue for the new CPMs is to fix server. I know that's not a programming issue, but I mean, I think for once we have one issue that doesn't even need to be debated. It's so obvious right now in Dust that, you know, getting those server f- fixed, be it diagnostics, whatever, that's that's clearly everybody's it's number one priority really right now. It's not something that the CPM can help with. That's purely I mean, on. They already know. Trust me. They already yeah. freaking know. It's not, it's not something that the CPM needs to sit there and, and go at. You know, I mean, checking for updates is helpful, but, you know, constantly just harping on you know it doesn't work it doesn't work it doesn't work doesn't do anything because they know it doesn't work i don't know maybe they can reach new people or something i don't know i don't know i doubt any of the cpm know enough about ccp servers to really help yeah cpm role is and was letting the people who need to work on it know that it's a thing to which they responded yes we know thanks for the heads up we'll continue working on it and that's pretty much where we are and where we'll remain until a fix is found. Yeah, I, I'm yet? pretty sure are that we done they, yet? Would, they are we wouldn't. Done yet? Uh, I have no idea what you said, but okay, sure. Like, so, are we there yet or are we done yet? With yeah, the show? Let's be done. Maybe. <laughs> let's officially uh, no. be done with all CPM stuff and just like 
for sure, for sure have it all out of our system now. Well, the, the, the one other note, because I did think of one more note about this year's CPM, is I'm very happy to announce that as Breakin has been elected to the CPM, uh, we the trend that goons actually control the CPM does continue unbroken, as I have I carried the torch from Kane Sparrow, and will of course pass it on to uh, Breakin as as he transitions into the role. Well, we know you we know you like holding things for Kane, so that's one. But two, <laughs> my Wow. You, you weren't actually a goon, you were a pet. Is that not accurate? Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm pos- kind of a non-Eve goon, technically, as, as I, I am on something awful. Um, a non- okay, a non-Eve goon is somebody that a cop rolls up on at 2 o'clock in the morning and beats with a nightstick. <laughs> you well, are not that. The definition of a goon is, is uh, being a member of the Something Awful forums, of which I am. Um, a paying member. <laughs> I should specify it's not free. So, so, you're, um, so you're being extorted. They're taking your lunch money to hang out with the cool kids. Yes. Well, okay. it's that more sounds like, like goons. It's more like them taking your money for permission to be able to hang out with the autistic kids. But I, it's 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 you know it's details. Um. But uh, and then as far as my Eve status, I I wouldn't say that goons treat any of their the other alliances in their coalition the way that most alliances treat what they call pets. <laughs> sure. All right. I just uh, want everyone to picture Breakin, Kane, and Zell all around the same table, preferably in a dark corner of a CD bar, and just hold that image for a little moment. Think who walks out of there alive. I'll just leave you with that to muse on. Oh, that, 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 would, that would put the fucking most sizely Kane into shame right there. So yeah, I, I heard that Kane Sparrow announced his retirement last week. Uh, yeah, for the time being. What what is he exactly retiring? I don't believe that for a second. Retiring Not for a second. from? I think Kane Sparrow is like herpes. He just keeps coming back. Well, no, it's. I it's think we just hit a podcast title right there. <laughs> the, the, the the simple fact is, is like it's he's just like, hey, look, I, I don't have any any more time for dust or really any other games right now, based on his uh, it, like he's got a new job and some other things going on in his life, like positive things, and, and that's very understandable. He went from freelance to full time. Well, if you think about it, if you look at the amount of time that he was able to put into dust over the last like I don't know year, like even it was I, there were points where I was like, I'm not really sure if this guy is independently wealthy or sells meth because I have never seen anybody that that can that puts that much time into it um, and money, by the way, uh, outside of Denny. Um, he actually but, had issues finding work. He's freelance, and so he was like, might as well have do something else with my time. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, but he's apparently he's. I think I think it's a work. Uh, he's got like a a new work position in or whatever, and some other some other good things going on in his life. But long story short, I mean, he's he's just. I don't think he's playing any video games really or anything. Uh, not with any level of consistency like you'd see uh, from somebody in the past doing like community leadership and stuff. So it not an evil thing, but it is interesting. Um, so quick. Let's go ahead and seg- segue over to our new new topic. So we've already covered our CPM stuff. We've covered the fact that CCP uh, is aware that the the submarine has holes in it and water's coming in, and we'd really all like to, them to patch those holes. Uh, let's see. What else do we want to talk about tonight? Your mom. Solid. Oh, she lives in Florida, uh, uh, and she's batshit crazy. Do, so, do we want to give the uh, 
one friendly mention of the, the, the big Eve lore drama step thing that was last week? Oh, yeah, sure. yeah, that's a good one. So, so and by friendly mention, uh, so long story short, one of the major NPCs in the game, uh, the like Empress Jamil, who who is the the grand potentate muckety muck of uh, of the Amar Empire is reportedly after Titan was blown up by drifters dead uh, in a in a player event like a live player event actually so DED dead it's it is interesting Sorry, to see how it works out you're you're talking to a non Eve nerd okay the, the leader of the glorious Amar Empire um, may their their slaves ever cower in fear um, she's dead. Except for no, one no, but small. who are the drifters? Who killed? Who killed this person? Yeah, the, the people damn. that we got the, the. That's a good question. I, I could, I could not knows. explain that to you in thirty minutes. Like, li- like literally, there's there's a whole long thing behind it. Long story short, there another faction in Eve uh, that is very that, that took a parallel path. They split away from the rest of you know humans at one point and sort of became more almost Borg like is for the lack of a better term. Uh, so anyway, she is reportedly dead. The interesting thing about that is there's, there was when she became the empress. Like a lot of speculation, she was a capsuleer. So, questions if she's really dead or not. Well, but see, we'll see how that works out. She is part of Tony Gonzalez thing writing, and CCP is kind of sort of trying to get rid of everything he wrote. So, so likely she won't come back. Yeah. So one of the the things that someone someone said in the channel. Um, like a half an hour ago, was someone said that uh, CCP Falcon said on an, on another podcast, uh, hydrostatic podcast, to just not be like uh, you know horribly ripping off their content or something. Uh, something that she was confirming she was definitely dead and definitely not coming back. Um, but uh, so uh, the the summary that I kind of got this weekend, um, I I was at a goon party this weekend, so I met some goons. And uh, so, so the the whole thing is this this Max Singularity dude um, shows up at FanFest dressed as the Amar uh, Emperor or whatever, um, and has claimed for multiple times that the multiple times that the the Empress was had died before and was not the real because they have they can't be like a, a clone. Um, the the Emperor or Empress cannot be a clone and had claimed to be the and it's this player that had claimed that he's the true true heir to the the, the role and um so the question that people are wondering is is whether or not um CCP would take the step of actually like selecting that player and telling them that they're the the uh you know emperor of of the Amar Empire, or you know, if they're going to find some other some new NPC character or something like that. Well, there's there's a couple other things in here. So, uh, without going too crazy, this is a few several years ago, rather. Uh, what CCP was, what they would do is they'd use they would use live events like lore events to do in-game things. So when they needed to, when they were going to have like write a succession thing, it was basically a tournament. Uh, a, you know, a player, play, you know, tr- players would represent different factions within the MR Empire, uh, and then they would had a, an actual live tournament, and then the winner of the live tournament, that faction's you know representative, was installed as as the Empress Jamil. Now there's some there's some other chicanery involved in it, but long story short, they they used this type of event as a uh, content spur inside of inside of Eve. That's really what I would like to take out of it. 
Now, the obvious assumption is they're going to do that again because they're they're working their way through the alliance chart right now, which is apparently going very well this year. Uh, and if you really are into Eve, or if you're if you ever want to see that kind of stuff, it's definitely not an esports viewing event. I can tell you that it's really it's very to follow if you don't actually play the game. Um, but they're doing the alliance tournament, so what I suspect is going to happen is by the time the alliance tournament is over, or or shortly thereafter, they're going to announce a like a trials of a session tournament which is um, definitely kind of gladiator style i've been on the forums and they already announced that oh they have oh sweet okay yep. so it is it's a cool thing to do uh, uh you know like in-game events to drive large parts of the lore and ccp is very good about taking things that happen in game just player to player and then weaving it into little nuggets in their lore so they're pretty good so a couple there's a couple people in dust that were trying to make a i guess you know put the good old college try and like hey can the dust guys be involved in this in some way like have you know fights on the you know like matches on the ground to represent a faction or something like that which no. and i applaud them for it uh because it would be this is bigger than are very much argue arguably uh bigger than the whole caldari prime incident which was a big and really the only today significant live event in dust ever um from a you know, big picture storyline standpoint, this is a much bigger thing than, than probably even the Caldari Prime thing. So that being said, it, I thought it was interesting that it was happening. It, it's kind of cool in the storyline. Uh, and if there was, if they ever actually did anything to connect the two, uh, the two games, even if it was it wasn't in gameplay, the storylines they could would be so easy to do. Uh, they can do a lot of a uh, lot of internal stuff. And by the way, that's that's one of the the things that I think Aon Amati might actually bring to the council is a little bit of push in that in that uh, arena in terms of trying to getting the two games connected by lore because there's a lot of uh, a lot of threads that tie together very easily. All right, let's see. As I'm looking down my list, anything? Did else? anything ever come of that last discussion we had on Eve lore? Did they ever? Did they have the Eve people ever get? people more interested in dust or was that just a pipe dream? Well, I mean, this is the same lore event that we're talking about. Um, did it happen in Molden Heath or? No, no. And, and there's currently no, no real strong tie to it with dust. I guess, I guess someone said that there was something about that. Jamil's implant had, it does actually have like the Templar, the dust style implants or something well, or had at one point, but I don't know. All right. So do we have other topics in mind. But yeah, I think we that was pretty much what we wanted to cover. Uh, effectively, was you know a little bit of the blow, uh, the blowout of the CPM stuff, uh, and then I mean the issues. There's not a lot going on in game because nobody can fucking play it because you can't get into a match right now. And that I mean, yeah, I mean I've tried like once a week for three three weeks in a row, and the minute I go in there and I can't get into any matches, I tap out. I go to Steam and fire up a new game. Yeah, even I'm coming out, dude, and I'm I'm like one of the most hardcore. I want to play dust people that I know. I've I've been trying to actually um uh I've been playing further into uh Shadowrun Dragonfall after the the you know I tried it for the spotlight we did. I'm like I want to say three or four missions into it now. Um, I I find I try and find a time here and there to try, but I had I had no internet for the better part of this. Um, week. I've been playing through the uh, Arkham series. Yeah, that's pretty legit. Right, have you have you finished the the last one? Yeah, I'm. I yeah, I literally like just finished. 
obviously yeah, not on PC. I, I am absolutely amazed at the amount of cinematics. Uh, oh, it's crazy. Uh, well, there's like you if you want to watch like a Batman movie, like go to YouTube and watch like the hour and twenty minute like playthrough, like cinematic playthrough. It's it's impressive. I like I was pretty that that is a a pretty solid solid hack at a video game by those guys. Yeah, and it actually I mean it contributed pretty epically to you know Batman lore in my mind anyway. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah, whatever. Big boss. Um, the, I, yeah, I remember when I was younger, I tried to like look up all the cutscenes for Metal Gear Solid 4, and it was literally hours upon hours upon hours. It's like, it's, what? It's eight hours, actually, give or take. It's eight hour cutscenes for just the game. There were some 30-minute cutscenes that is longer. It's, it's not basically a game. two movies in a game. It's like yeah. two to three movies in a game. I mean, it, it goes That's, on forever. That is pretty accurate. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, the interesting thing, uh, I'm I'm kind of keen to see what Rocksteady does next because I think they've there's there's a there's a big push or there's a lot of discussion about having them uh, take on another iconic DC character and in, in Superman in particular. Um, something that, that is very difficult to do in a video game and really nobody's done well that, that I'm aware of ever. Nobody uh, ever will. It, well, the pro- it's just, it's, it's really, really hard to, to do, uh, do a video game with somebody who like, well, what can they fight? You know, uh, I think, I think there's a game the last time I heard maybe old PlayStation two or something like that, where, um, you couldn't really damage Superman, but it's more about the damage to the to Metropolis was sort of his health bar, if you will. But anyway, th- there's a lot of discussion about if anybody, if they think anybody can take on uh, Superman, it would be Rocksteady and have them do that because they dropped a lot of Superman hints in the in the last Batman. So it'll be kind of interesting to see what they do next, uh, or if they really step out of it and go in a totally different direction with something else. Woo. Yeah, I need, I need to jump on that Batman series. I, I think I actually have one. I got a free copy of one of the games with my graphics I have, card. But, I actually have you know, like, I haven't actually played them yet. I have three or four of them. I actually started playing the first one on my PS3 because I own I own the PS3 uh, copy of a couple of them. And uh, I, I just, you know, it, it tends to be that when I turn on the PS3, it's to play Dust. So um, I, I that and Uncharted is the other thing that I started and never, ever finished. So now I do have a question because I think I think a fair amount of you guys play Destiny. Have you guys looked into the uh, to the Taken King update? No, that comrade. Yeah, I've looked at it a bit. I mean, it's it looks interesting. I don't have high expectations for it because I lost my expectations with the other expansions. But you know, we'll, we'll see. I think forty bucks is probably worth the gamble. We'll see if they've learned their lesson. I think Bungie has. Uh, made some decent attempts to fix some of the issues they've had so far. So we'll we'll see if they pull it off. I mean, it's the game is amusing. It's just you gotta make sure you don't buy into the hype. I, I well, lost my. Let me put it this way: after I was done the campaign, more or less. I mean, I tried to get into multiplayer, but about two days in, when you finish the campaign, <laughs> it takes about like twenty hours, if if that, to, to clear the whole thing. I mean, the, the value is very, very questionable if it's actually worth the money. I mean, I think I said in our spotlight for uh, Dragonfall that my, my rule is typically I want one hour of gameplay for every dollar I spend in the game. And eventually I got that from Destiny, but it was almost entirely from PvP, which I'm 
honestly not a huge fan of anyway. So, it's, you know, you, you got to take it with a grain of salt. And if you're going to enter the series now, it, it might actually worth it to get that collector's edition because you can get the original game with all the expansions, including the new one, for, I think, 80 bucks, which, you know, it might be worth it. Is it 60 for all of them? There's okay. a collector's edition, yeah, but they're doing a thing like every year they're releasing a collection of all the previous DLC plus the base game. So people how, mu- can, how much like, does that cost? Sixty dollars. It's like oh, okay. a new game. That's well, that's actually probably worth it then for sixty bucks. I, I no, couldn't no. get into Destiny, and I was oh, super duper over the top hardcore Bungie fan. I think now my understanding is so this is a little bit different than your normal DLC. So the Taken King is. In terms of like brand new content, it's you know just looking at the raw new content hours on it, it's easily more than both the the two previous DLCs combined. You know, in terms of uh, like like new like new stuff. Now what they did more though, than the base changed... game and the DLCs mm-hmm. combined. It's really massive compared to them. Yeah, I mean it's it is somewhere. Uh, like I think it's more fair to call it a true expansion, not like just a, a DLC pack. It's, and it's, it's priced appropriately. Yeah, and, and apparently they, they've changed a lot of the actual mechanics or the stuff in the game that were that were creating confusion or not really driving players to get hooked into the, into the game itself. So, like all the the grimoire cards and all that stuff, where you had to find out about anything going on in the universe um, that that might make you interest more interested in it. I think that's now more a little bit more front and center. Uh, they're in, they're changing, I guess, the ghost, which is uh, sort of the, for lack of a better term, your uh, uh, I don't know, your narrator uh, or your little AI narrator. Yeah, that's changing. Uh, that's that's becoming much maybe. more. Into, yeah, that's probably a good way to call it. The uh, so that's that's changing a little bit uh, in terms of making yeah making things uh, a little bit more open to players. Yeah, Peter Dinklage is out, and they're bringing in Noah North, so that's a good yeah. thing. He's re-recording every line. Peter Dinklage ever said. Yep, and, and apparently it's like so the stuff in the base game they they haven't updated a lot of that, but in the newer content, apparently pretty dramatic in terms of the interaction you get between Actually, they, your AI. Did say that they updated the uh, year one content. Like the, it's not as big as the year two content, like the Taken King stuff. But they did the reshuffle stuff. They did the add some things here and there. It's not the same as it's to be. Okay. I'm I'm still shocked that you know Peter Dinklage's voice acting didn't deliver because I was a pretty big fan of his as well. He's Were you in the not beta? Really a video game? I was not. No, I was not in the beta. The, they they actually had him re-record a lot of the lines from the beta because I mean I literally cringed that, on one of the lines because it was delivered so poorly and they. I, I it heard for that, um, yeah, that I mean, war, or whatever that worked. Was it Warlock or something? Or no, that wizard came from the moon. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the one where I just went, oh, God, you got to be kidding me. And then they said they were re-recording it, and it, it was better, but it Self wasn't anything amazing. Oh, <laughs> pretty much. No, it was, I mean, he, he's a great actor in Game of Thrones, but God, he just did not really deliver for the voice acting of the ghost. It's it was disappointing. a common theory that he had to re-record everything after the game story was pretty much done like a year before the game released like they scrapped everything and started to rebuild it all after people left and you know the story destiny right. basically was rebuilt a year before release and he basically had to re-record everything so he was disinterested in everything 
Well, not. A, I mean, voice acting. If you look, I mean, some some games are really made and really enhanced by the by the the voiceover stuff. Um, Destiny is not designed as a game like that, and and not everybody does voice acting very well. And he may just be one of those guys. He's a very talented actor, obviously. But the, I'm looking at a, a couple quick lists, and, and the general kind of Metacritic feel from a lot of the stuff is that Bungie actually. You're cutting out. Uh, Freaking mumble again. Just... <laughs> I'm not hearing anything from you guys. All right, everybody, be quiet. Pokey talk. It's okay. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, when I when I was watching, being like a train that you knew was going to derail slow motion, and everyone's hopping on the hype train, and I was just sitting there like, all right, guys, you know, I'm telling you right now, it's it's going to be a fun game, but it's not going to be anything like you expected. So when the game came out and there was this you know, massive outrage. I basically got what I expected. So I wasn't, you know, that upset about it. But, you know, I, I think that uh, that's how I warn people about, you know, the expansions is don't buy into the hype. Just accept it for being an amusing game. It's fun. You'd get a new mobile server as well. This is, this is pretty bad. Especially after last week, we pretty much lost. Okay. I'm having issues with. Nothing. But yeah, I mean, it's so from, it looks like from the business model for Destiny, it looks like they're going to, like do like uh, a game and then there's too many expansions and then on the year mark it's going to be a big expansion and then two more mini expansions and then I haven't been tracking too closely are they going to release like a Destiny 2 at the two year mark like is that the plan I don't think so I think I yes. think you just I think they're going to do like a wow system almost no uh, the release plan pretty much got leaked we pretty much know everything uh, about the where, where, where do you see this? Because I'm I'm sitting here googling the shit out of this right now, and and that is nowhere. Uh, well, I can't. I don't really remember where, but we pretty much knew the names of all the expansions before they were even hinted at. So the leak is yeah, pretty accurate. I think I know what you're talking about, but I think that only went up through the four mini expansions and the the, uh, the no, Taken no. King. Did it go beyond no. that? Basically, uh, every two years, a major Destiny releases, like Destiny 1, Destiny 2, Destiny 3. Between that, there is a major expansion, like the Taken King. And between, like, the major expansion and the games, there are four mini-DLCs. Okay. That's kind of what I was tracking as well. I mean, I only bring it up because I think there are some some fundamental problems with some of the systems in Destiny that you're not going to be able to fix just by patching it. You need to kind of reimagine some of it, the way that things work. So I think that in that regard, a Destiny 2 might be a, a good reboot to maybe fix some of those things that don't feel quite right and, and are kind of problematic for the, the franchise. Considering the game also has to support last-gen consoles, it's kind of limited in scope compared to what it could be. Well, and that's the other thing, is I was kind of talking to my brother earlier about it today, and I said, I, I said, you know, is the Taken King going to be on PS3 and Xbox 360? And it, it is. But I, I do not see Bungie actually supporting the game on those systems much longer. I mean, they're, they're obviously on the way out. And so I'm, I'm guessing that, you know, it would be kind of a, a slap in the face to have people buy the game on, you know, PS3 and go, oh, by the way, you're going to have to rebuy it on PS4 because the expansion is not going to actually work in your system. So I think that yeah. the, the, the Destiny we, 2 might be a good time to jump and go, okay, we're discontinuing support for the PS3 in the 360 and moving on to, you know, the, the next-gen system. Yeah, that's uh, the common thought about how they're going to go about it. And I kind of expect that. I mean, yeah. sorry, go ahead. As for what you said earlier about not getting hyped, 
the thing is that for like the original the game that we saw actually didn't go to the actual game. Like I can show you the Vidoc, the video uh wait, what's the full name of the Vidoc? The video something. Anyway, basically we see their like scenes and like loot and stuff that never actually made it into the game. And it was all carefully crafted marketing material, but uh, now we're like seeing streams of the expansions. Like we saw House of Wolves and we basically got what we expected. Like we saw everything before it released. Yeah, and I, I, they're basically doing the same for Taken King. So, Yeah, I, I remember actually seeing a cutscene which did not appear in the original game and it was not in any of the, the expansions uh, up until now. So I mean, I imagine that that's you know, something that they've already kind of done and just haven't put into an actual content patch yet. So we'll we'll see. I'm, I'm, uh, it's, the way they're they're doing development is kind of kind of weird. It's believed that it was removed as part of the giant restructuring that Destiny had like a year before release, when everything went to shit. Like Leeds uh, left the company, and uh, Activision was like telling them, "No, release the game. No more. We spent five hundred million dollars on this. Release something." Yeah, I mean, if they didn't dump half their budget into marketing, or probably more than half, it, you know, they probably could have delivered a, a yeah, high quality you, product. You have, have to have pretty giant. Paul McCartney sing a song to try to get people to buy your shit. You've got some problems. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, they spent a lot of money on marketing, but it's still, it was still a huge development budget. At no least doubt. 100 million. Yeah, I mean, people were, were harping, like, how the hell did you spend you know, half a billion dollars in this game, and Bungie's like, uh, well, we don't really know where all the money went, but what we spent on development <laughs> was a lot lower. Like, we're not going to say that it was mostly on marketing, but we you know, we maybe a had a warehouse full of money where we just kind of accidentally burned it, but you know. CEOs doing a stage dive into a pile of cash or something like that. Yeah. The fate of AAA gaming in the modern era. <sighs> Yeah, no. There's there's a lot of trends that I dislike. I I tell you, I have I have recently been getting into a lot of more indie and smaller games. Um, There there is, uh, you know, there's a lot of them out there, but it really depends on the style of game you want. Like if you're into the shooter crowd, like the first, like particularly FPSs and you know some some higher end three you know third party shooters, but really FPSs, you're you're like a slave to a lot of the uh, the big the big AAA groups. That's that's a that, that's kind of a challenge. There are a lot of really good games out there that you don't have to get tagged along with those guys. Uh, there's some some of the games I'm really looking forward to. Things like Tacoma coming out of Full Fulbright uh, that, that studio. That looks really really good and, and has some innovative looking gameplay uh, in in it. But it's it is not a shooter. It's much slower paced. So yeah, it, the problem with shooter is that you need really, really controls. You need really, really tight mechanics. And no, I agree. Like, I agree. Indie teams can't afford to create that. They can't beat the AAA developers in their own game. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you could come up with stuff like Splatoon, which is quite good. Uh, but I don't think you can come up with a something that's going to, you know compete with call of duty battle you know battlefront and all that other shit and, and that it's not evil it's but you're right cat you're spot on it takes a lot it takes a huge studio to turn out something that polished you know storyline for call of duty is what like 12 15 hours maybe or something like that it's but it looks no great. 
it looks really really good uh, the storyline is we're like shrinking from like 12 it used to be for code 4 now it's like four hours at best oh i didn't know that like i mean the last time i played one it was you know it was about it was about a full day of gaming so it was you know about 10 12 hours oh no they're enjoyable it's like uh well they going usually... to mcdonald's yeah, you know what games. you're going to get. Yeah, I mean, they, they look yeah. usually very good. A lot of, like you said, very, very tightly tightly polished movement controls and aiming the UI. The weapons are good. All the sound effects are good. You know, they usually have, like, vars- you know, like you know, pretty pretty high-end talent doing the voiceover work, even if all they say is, like, two words or something in the, in the freaking... Oscar you know, Mike. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. But uh, it's... I don't know. It, you get what you get, but there's a lot of other games once you branch out of the first-person shooter realm that you can really dive into some good indie stuff and not really be taken down the uh, Definitely, road. but that's exactly my issue. I'm a shooter guy. I don't have the attention span for anything that doesn't require me to like constantly be on my guard. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, like I've actually started looking into that game Insurgent, those videos that uh, you guys picked up. That is actually a really fun game, and I would tell you... You mean Insurgency? Yeah, Insurgency, and and I would tell you that, that there's... Uh, I think it was Jadek Menaheim posted a video of a glitch where all the UI went off of, of dust for a couple matches or something like that. That reminded me a lot of how Insurgency plays. That was scary as it fuck was, it was to just even great, watch. Though. It, it looked even awful. watching it like it felt like having my ball squeezed. It's like no, I don't want that. I'm afraid. I, I was like uh, not. No, go ahead. Now, like not being able to tell friend from foe. Not like not knowing how much ammo you have in the clip. Not knowing how much health you have. It's like no, I don't want that. <laughs> Fuck that. It was uh, like I saw the two game, you know, I watched the two gameplay videos and I've played around with Insurgency a little bit. And, and one, it that is actually a shooter, not by an indie studio, but a very small outfit that put that together. Yeah, the over thing time. is, it's they were bad. using the Source Engine and they basically had everything built for them. It, it's basically based on Half Life 2, the shooting mechanics. Well, sure. not the shooting mechanics, the aiming, the movement. It, it was like, Based on the same engine, they like modders do that. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm with you on that. It, it was, I, I thought, I thought it was actually really, really good visceral gameplay. You know, it to was. use the V word, I, I thought they it was did an cool. excellent job. Considering their budget, they did an absolutely fantastic job, and I would recommend everyone to check it out. Well, yeah, and the, I mean, what's the biggest player count they can have in that too? By the way, like in a single battle. Uh, is it? It's this is a source game, so the hard limit doesn't really matter. Like people can set up dedicated servers with as ma- as many people as they can support on their server. Uh, yeah. So I wanted to say it was. I think in, in the the little quick quick matches that I saw, it definitely felt bigger than Dust. Anyway, um, it looks like thirty two from the Steam uh, store. I think nine multiplayer game was supporting up to thirty two players. Okay, so sixteen on sixteen then. You might have. Uh, uh, found your way into a custom game. Those are very common with source games, and you might have even went into a, a 32 versus 32. Okay, alright. No, that's pretty cool. That, that's a thing with source games. They Their player counts are very moddable. No, I'm down with that. Alright, so I'm going to... So, anybody else you want to uh, mic on the show? Okay. End the show, but I can hear what you're saying. 
Oh, goodness. Okay. Well, what we're going to talk about is that we're getting a new Mumble server out of this, because this is terrible. Yes, Mumble, we, we will be on a new server next next week, absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. You know, I was hoping last week was a fluke, and uh, clearly that's not the case. Correct. Yep. So we'll we'll get uh, details out to the regular people that come on the show. But yeah, this is sorry about this, guys. This is pretty bad. Okay. All right. So I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up. And if we can try to muddle through shoutouts, let's do that. Uh, we'll start at the top of the list. Pokey, anything? Uh, you know, in the spirit of the discussion, I'll say shout out to uh, independent developers. I think that people are getting a little sick of the extremely monetized system we see with DLC and whatnot in, in more mainstream games. And I think that it's refreshing to play uh, more indie games and, and kind of get back to the roots of what gaming used to be, you know, several years ago. So shout out to those guys. You make some good stuff and I'm always looking forward to it for uh, suggestions. Yeah. And speaking of insurgency, they're releasing content constantly for absolutely free. That's legit. Yeah. Now I'll buy that for a dollar. Uh, Catmark, shout outs. Now. Well said, Cross. Um, I'm going to have to echo Pokey's shoutouts there. Uh, I'll even throw a specific title in for those who liked the Fallout game series and enjoy zombie things. Check out Dead State from Double Bear, their great little indie studio, and it's a lot of fun. Um, and then shout out to Pokey Draven for being CPM Emeritus yet again. I'm sure I'll be laboring late into the night over spreadsheets with him all throughout this year as I did the last. Looking forward to it. Good deal. Heracles Porsche. Hey, uh, I want to give a shout out to the Beast for taking the time to go. My last shout out that I gave him. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Darth and all the other CPM candidates who have just made it in right now. Also, this isn't a shout out. Uh, if anyone wants to send, sell me their experimental weapons, find me in game. I'm buying up tons of them because I have lots of time to trade right now. Oh, Dookie. Um, Zell, anything for a shout out? Yeah, I'm gonna shout out, uh, give a shout out to uh, all the goons that I met this weekend and hung out with. Um, it was fun as usual. Um, there was much alcohol of which I drank none of, but you know, it was, it was, it was a good time. Okay, all right, so quick shout outs to the Podside crew, Podside Interactive, that helped us get started with the, with uh, podcasting, and we've we've basically been on their server for since day one uh so it, it, let me let me make this very clear because occasionally you know they do listen to some of our stuff and, and we have a really good relationship with them. uh any any move we're making to, to a new new mumble server uh it is it is not out of a uh a breaking ties with uh anybody on pod side absolutely they, we, we love them yeah they, they have literally been hands down just absolutely awesome to us um but and we would i think obviously like you know, offer them some communication services if they ever needed it uh, for whatever reason. We'd help them out just like they helped us out. Um, so on that one, that's one shout out. Part two. Um, let's see. Shout out to Rainbow Six Siege you know, coming out on PS PS4 here pretty soon. Very, very keen to see that game in action. That looks pretty sharp. Um, let's see. What else? And shout out to Hairbrain Schemes because we, we did the Shadowrun Dragonfall uh, kind of deep dive the other day. And I've been on Steam for the last couple of days playing their new edition Shadowrun Dragonfall, or correction, Shadowrun Hong Kong. Very much the same style of game, very XCOM sort of uh, uh, 
you know, Forgotten Realms oh. style uh, RPG. Excellent. It yeah. is really, really good. And and this is one of these games where if you actually read the text, if if it's if you actually get into it, it is an incredibly well crafted and well written uh, narrative story. And if if you're ever if you kind of if you're into that kind of stuff, um, really, really good. So shout out to uh, Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege for the PS4 coming out soon. I'll have my eye on you. And uh, to the guys over at Harebrain Schemes doing us a solid with uh, the Shadowrun Hong Kong edition. So with that, we're going to call episode 68 to a close. And hopefully I've not cut out so much that people can't understand anything I've said for the last two minutes. So on that note, good night and good luck. Hey, Lamal.